0: It is locked on Jazz for the 22nd of November. The offense is number one in the NBA by a large margin. What are they doing and why? Defensively, things aren't as tight, and we look at that from a big picture. Rudy Gay's impact beginning to show, namely on Joe Ingles, and it's a trends Monday, a big one ahead on Locked On Jazz. Pow. <laughs> You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can subscribe and hit the little bell that says be notified and be notified on YouTube, or you can subscribe and leave a five star review on iTunes, Google, or wherever else. We always appreciate those. Thank you uh, very much. Good morning to Jeremy and Bryce and Elijah, Trevor, TJ, Dallin, and uh, welcome to all those who jumped aboard. Uh, Early this morning here on our live edition of the show, where you're welcome either way, and we appreciate it. Now, the Jazz offense is number one in the NBA, and by a decent amount. And so I wanted to kind of dig into that. It hasn't felt that way. There's a little bit of a misnomer out there right now that we're not making shots. What we're not making is the shots that we're used to watching and that are glorified, which is the three. Let me first touch on how far ahead our offense is. So our offense is right now, according to Cleaning the Glass, 116.5 points per 100 possessions. That is 8.2 points better than league average. Last year, the best offense in the NBA was the Brooklyn Nets, and they were 6.5 points better than again 8.2 6.5 points better than the rest of the NBA in 1920 the Dallas Mavericks had historically the best offense ever in the league and they were 4.0 points better than the rest of the league if we go to the 1819 season now some of this you'll see some of our offense might not totally be sustainable The best offense was the Golden State Warriors, who won 57 games, and their offense was 5.9 points better than the rest of the league. In the 17-18 season, the best offense was the James Harden-led Houston Rockets. They were 6.4 points better than the rest of the league. I think you get where I'm going here. You go to the 16-17 season, which is the 67 win Warriors, and they were seven point eight points better than the rest of the league offensively. So that 67 and 15 great Golden State Warrior team is the last time you have a team that was close. And then the 73 and 9 Warrior team was a little was a little more than eight, was about eight point, uh, for some reason I can't do my math right not It was about eight point five. Um, no, they were 8.3. So the last team that was this much better for an entire season than the league average offensively than what the Utah Jazz are doing right now was the 73 and nine Golden State Warriors, which is like the most, one of the great, you know, offensive teams of all time. So the Jazz are 2.1 points better than the second best team in the league, the Golden State Warriors. They are, if we slide down to the sixth best offensive team in the league, they're almost seven points per 100 possessions better than the than the sixth best team in the league, and we just ran through all those teams. That, that number of being almost seven better, the 6.8, is more than most teams were above average of the best offensive teams of all time. We're that compared to the sixth team in the league. They are having very subtly, very quietly, a historically great offensive start to the season. I don't know that it's sustainable for a few reasons, but there are a few reasons why it is. So let's start with the first myth. The myth that we're not making shots. That's not true. We have not been making three-point shots. But while we have the one of the best shot distributions in the NBA, the fifth best, and we'll get to that in a second. We're doing everything right around the fringes. We're actually making a lot of our other shots. In fact, we're the number three team in the league shooting at the rim. We're shooting 69.5% at the rim. That's about six percentage points above league average. If you look over the years, whether or not you actually stay, that seems a little high. So the, Two years ago, which is a better model, the best in the NBA was 5.3 points above league average, Um, and they were actually, that was the Lakers team, they were way better than everyone else. Most people were within four points of the league average. So I think it's a fair estimation that that's an area where we're going to slip a little bit. It's probably unlikely for us to live, same thing, Washington's at 70%. Denver's at 70%. Unlikely for us to live that much above league average at the rim. We're shooting 46% on the short floaters and 49% on long twos. 46% is five and a half points above the league average on the floater zone shot, which again, the best in the league two years ago was four point seven points above average. Quickly, teams were pretty much three points above league average. Seems unlikely we can stay that hot in that range. Last year, the best in the league was Phoenix, so they at eight at eight points above. They were three points better than everybody else, and then Brooklyn was about four points percentage points above league average. So I, I would suspect these are two areas where this his why we're historically great right now that might not be sustainable. Um, We're seven points above league average on the long twos. What we're doing here is interesting, though. The long twos might be sustainable because really Donovan Mitchell is almost the only one taking them. We take, and, and I love this. This goes back to something that Nick Nurse did in Toronto the year they won the championship. What Nick Nurse did in Toronto was Nick Nurse, and the old school was like Jerry Sloan and those guys would say, well, Daryl Griffith, if you can shoot the three. Nobody else can shoot a three. You know, they would basically say like, you have the right to shoot the three, but nobody else does. That was kind of the model. Nick Nurse went and flipped it, said everybody can shoot a three. The crappy shooters shoot the three, please. I'd much rather have you shoot a crappy shot three at three points per shot than a crappy two at two points per shot. Because the difference between a not very good shooter from long range two, which is 40%, and a bad three-point shooter is not that big a difference. And so they, with a little caveat, because the Serge Baca was much more comfortably made his first shot or two and would shoot better the rest of the night, they basically said to Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, you go ahead and shoot long twos, but nobody else can do so. And everybody else shot threes. I don't think the Jazz have gotten that regimented with it, but it's close. So Donovan Mitchell is shooting, is taking 32 long twos, Bogdanovich is taking 13. Conley's taking two. Clarkson's taking seven, and that's it. So, enough, unless something really goes wrong, <clears throat> no one else is taking it. Donovan is hitting at 53% rate on his long twos. He's about second or third best in the league right now. He might just be that good at it. There's a chance he can keep that number up, maybe slide a little bit. On the paint, non restricted areas, Donovan has taken 63, Jordan Clarkson's taken 47, Boyan's taken 37, so he doesn't quite get to the rim, and he's really made a commitment to getting to the rim. Mike Conley's taken 36, Hassan Whiteside's taken 27, that's just kind of little hook shots around the basket. And Rudy's tried it a bunch of times unsuccessfully, 4 for 15. So again, Donovan's at 46%. He might just be that good at it. Jordan Clarkson's at 49%. He was right there last year. Boyan's at 41, which is league average. And Mike Conley's out of this world right now. Mike Conley's 23 of 36 in non-paint-restricted area twos. That's probably not sustainable. 64%, I'm pretty certain it's the best league, but he's not going to the rim anymore. He's only taking 14 shots at the rim. It happens when you get older. The rim player, by the way, who's through the roof, is Royce O'Neill is 19 of 23 at the rim for 83%. That's probably not entirely sustainable. But that's... So that's why we're doing this. We're we're the number one offensive league because of our rim shooting, our floater zone, and our long twos, but also because they're coming limited and from the right players. We still have the best, one of the best shot distributions in all the NBA. We're taking 45% of our shots as threes and 32.3% of our shots at the rim. If you could quibble, you would like about two to move, Two or three mid-range shots to rim shots, but that's really Mike Connolly at this point not going to the rim anymore. And we're 15th in the league in rim shots. You'd like to have that be 35%, 45%, but to some extent, that's just Mike. We take the third fewest long, uh, third fewest mid-range shots, the fewest long twos in the NBA because only Donovan's taking them. And we take below average on the floaters. So our shot distribution is perfect. Nearly perfect. And then we're making that 22% of shots that are coming not at the rim, we're making those 32% of shots at the rim we're making. And while we haven't hit our threes yet at the rate we want, we're now up to league average. I actually think the threes could very well cover for those other areas as they slide. And that's how the Jazz have right now what's actually historically great offensive team. It's kind of crazy. There's two other things that they're doing offensively, um, that's allowing this to take place. I will touch on it in a moment and discuss whether it's totally sustainable. And then there's a third really specific thing that's taking place. So that, we'll continue the offensive conversation. I have some notes on the defense. I have some notes on Rudy Gay and I have the trends. And I can feel it right now that we're not going to get through all of it. So we'll see what doesn't make it. Thanks for the chat room um, comments as well. We'll continue. Locked on Jazz on a Monday edition is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Chevy. Located in Woods Cross as well as in Linden and Logan, excuse me, welcome as Logan. Chevy's got an unbelievable SUV lineup. So you know about the suburban and the Tahoe. There's, you know, that's those are classic legendary vehicles. What you might not know as well is they've redone the Blazer. Uh, and it is super cool. They have also got the Traverse, which is a fabulous uh family SUV. And then the Equinox is the smaller version of that and with the tracks being the smallest of them all. The electric car they have, the Bolt is getting rave reviews, and then the truck lineup is the Colorado, and then the multiple versions of the unbelievable Silverado. I drove a Silverado truck for a while. It was super cool because it just literally felt like you were sitting in a lazy boy chair. Murdoch Chevy's got a bunch of great things going on. First off, they are not charging more than MSRP despite the car shortage. Second is the purchase of any new or used Chevy. You get a solitude season pass so we can ski together and i'll be in solitude all winter long and you get 15 dollars off a 2022 silverado right now it's all at murdoch chevy in woods cross feel free to stop by and if you're gonna stop by feel free to drop me an email first and we'll set up a meeting for you at dlock 09 all right nba fanatics have you started playing prize picks yet prize picks is the daily fantasy made easy it's the best DFS prop game on the market. Prize Pick offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. Offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Pick offers a prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to interceptions thrown to points scored to rebounds. Just use the promo code NBA and get a hundred percent deposit match up to hundred dollars. You can pick two to five players, over under on projections. You can win up to ten times. It can be everything from Lebron's combined to over to Mahomes on an under or Aaron Rodgers on a something. Use the award-winning app at the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's prizepicks.com, promo code N-B-A. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz the first listen of the day when you're done today. Tune in to Locked On Bets. That is our daily gambling show that gives you insight with Lee Sterling. All right. Continuing on the offense, there are two other areas that are leading to the Jazz having this historical offense. What's really interesting on the shooting, by the way, is I don't think those numbers on rim, short, and mid are necessarily sustainable, but we're also middle of the pack in overall three-point shooting, and I think that goes up. Right now, we're 35%. I would suspect we get to at least 37, which moves us to fifth in the league. Brooklyn's the best at 39, Philly's at 38.5. We may, you know, maybe our guys all had career years last year, so maybe we can parlay it down a tiny bit. But last year we shot 39.6, so we probably should get, be able to get to 38. And if we're at 38 from three, that covers up the three other – those those little areas. So, in from a shooting standpoint, and if our effective field goal percentage right now, last year was 52nd, 57. And this year is number two in the league. Last year was number three. So these things aren't like completely out of whack. And this year it's 56 and the league is down a little bit. So I I don't think that's out of whack. Now there's two other areas where we're really, really good right now. And this will be interesting to see. So first is we have just been offensive rebounding at a really high rate. We're at 30.6% offensive rebounding rate. So that's about five percentage points above the league average average. We're committed to it though. Toronto's committed to it. Guys are committed to it. That five points above the league average is more than about any team you can find in the league over the last few years on offensive rebounding. Now, there's been an increased wave of offensive rebounding so that teams are more interested. But I think over the course of the year, teams realize you're going to offensive rebound and that will come down. It will probably end at about three percentage points above the league average, but not five. So I think that goes down a little. We're the fourth highest rated team of going to the free throw line. And so back to where we talked about shot distribution and that we're off by a tiny bit at the rim. Well, we're not really because most free throws happen around the rim. That's Rudy going to the line, being fouled. And those are, he's at 65%. That's 1.3 points per shot. It's a great deal. Like we should take it every single time. We talk about how, everyone's talking about how bad an offensive player Rudy is. And there's certainly areas where you wish he was better. But every time he gets fouled and goes to the basket, it's 1.3 points. It's an incredible play. Every time Rudy gets fouled and goes to the basket, going to the basket or grabbing a rebound, it's an unbelievable <clears throat> um, play. So I think that you, you know, Rudy's got areas where it'd be great if he was better. He'd be the MVP of the league if he was better. Like, it's that simple. And it'd be great. Like, if he was the MVP of the league, that would be outstanding. And we'd probably win, could win win a title much easier than... We will otherwise. And it certainly is a weakness. It's in some ways hurting our chances of winning a title. But he's also the also the only reason his defense is the other reason why we're in the conversation in the first place. So I have a little bit of a hard time with that. Um, but certainly. But he also you know, is top five on points gained every time we do it on a Friday because he's that efficient and that important to what we're doing. And he's a lot of reasons why we're 69% at the rim. And we're free throw shooting his third best. And our offensive rebounding is second best. And then defensively, we're great. So offensively, we're just blowing the doors off the league right now. And you're sitting here listening to this, thinking to yourself, wow, we're blowing the doors off the league, and we haven't totally clicked in. And I'm here to tell you that's not entirely true. What we're doing is everything right around the fringes. Shot distribution is perfect. Then you're dealing with the fact that we're playing with transition a bit faster than the rest of the team in league, and we're doing the way we play transition right now. is 48% of our shots are three. is the highest rate in the league. The league average is 37%. 15% of our shots are corner threes. So it's an incredible number. So we're taking 14 shots a game in the first six seconds. That's only 18th in the league. We'd love to pick that up a little bit. but And we're now making 42% of those. Our effective field goal percentage in those circumstances, number three in the league. And if we actually get the shot off, our points per possession on a shot in the first six seconds of shot clock is 1.56 points. Now, that doesn't count turnovers. That's just if a shot goes up. Even if you go take us to 15 to 18 on the clock, 55% of our shots are threes. 15% are corner threes. 17 shots a game in that area. Much more common. We're only 35% from three there. That's where we could improve. And, but we're number one in the league if the shot goes up in points per possession. Now, again, that doesn't count turnovers. Our late offense is actually pretty good. It's not as good, but it's actually pretty good compared to the league. Again, not counting turnovers. One, we get the shot up. So, you look at the way we're playing offensively right now. We're doing everything right around the fringes. We're, We're shooting threes early. We're taking a lot of threes. Our shot distribution is great. Then our offensive rebounding is amazing. We're getting the free throw line, which is remarkable. We're shooting brilliantly on the shorter shots, so we're not making some threes. If That part probably levels out. But also, if we sink a little bit here, then we're not the greatest offense in the history of the NBA. That's really what we're talking about. Right now, if the way the Jazz are going, the last offense that was this dominant, was the 72-win Golden State Warriors. So if we slip a tiny bit offensively, we're not the greatest offense ever in the history of the league. That's where we are. Pretty incredible. Um, I had a bunch of Rudy Gay notes and a bunch of defensive notes, and I'm only going to be able to get to one of them. We can wait for the other for tomorrow. In the chat room, if you're going to join me live, you get the opportunity. Quickly in the chat room, tell me whether you'd rather get Rudy Gay's impact on things, or you'd rather have some notes on Rudy Gobert and where we are defensively right now. Um, Well, TJ Hollow has a good question. Backup forward, but awarding Pascal, some of Joe's minutes makes sense. Joe seems interpersonal connect to the team, so probably not. Um, Everyone's saying Rudy Gay. All right, so let's jump into this, Um, and we'll do the defense uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll look at Rudy Gay's impact and we'll look at trends uh, of the jazz as we continue. Yeah. Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay. And um, uh, some people want defense. Defense tomorrow, Rudy Gay coming up here. We played Memphis tonight. So I'll touch on a few notes on that for you um, as well. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Uh, great place to get your, your gaming on at betonline.ag with the promo code locked on, you get a 50% Welcome bonus Monday night football tonight going on and other uh, spots for you. Let me pull up. Sorry, I just hit a button. I have no idea where I am on their site. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an 11 and a half point favorite tonight. If you're following the NBA Today, the Utah Jazz are a 10-point favorite over the struggling Memphis Grizzlies. Sacramento, with their new head coach, is a 2.5-point favorite on the shorthanded 76ers. Joel Embiid's not back. Suns are in San Antonio, minus 5.5 there. Minnesota is a 3.5-point favorite over New Orleans. Minnesota might be good, by the way. Um, Milwaukee, we'll see it on trends here in a second. Milwaukee's minus 12 over uh, against Orlando. Chicago coming off an emotional game yesterday with the Knicks is 3.5 against Indiana. That one's interesting. I'd keep an eye on that. Um... That's a back to back tired team right there that hasn't won a lot yet. They're good, though. Boy, that Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan combination is actually working out really, 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 really impressively. Uh, They're they're flat out good. All right, let's look at what they've got for the Brooklyn is a plus 150 with the Bucs at plus 375 in the East. Warriors are plus 235. Jazz are plus 350. And the Lakers are now plus 450. So the Jazz odds are now ahead of the Lakers, only following the Warriors. And here's a really funny one about that. The Jazz are a dominant offensive team, and the Warriors are a dominant defensive team right now. And if you ask the league, they'll. T- every time you hear a commentator talking about it the other way around, just know they're not digging in. Make sure they're just not digging in, because that's your little lesson right there. Today's show is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. I really hope you got your coconut brownie. All oh, those are the best. Vanilla cream is available right now, though. The new vanilla cream, 100% real chocolate. 100% delicious vanilla cream. Paranormal pop pumpkin is still there. Say that 10 times fast. Coconut marshmallow is still available, And the regular flavors as well. Hundred and fifty cal, 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four sugars, six grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein. It's the candy bar that tastes like a protein bar. Wait, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Which is it? Gosh, I can never get that. What is it? Is it a candy bar? Is it a protein bar? It's built bar. You can get promo code LOCK15, get 15% off at built.com. And then you decide which it is. All right. Here's an interesting thing early, early, early to look at, but probably, you know, let's take, let's keep it going. So last year the lineup was Conley, Clarkson, Ingles, Niang, and Gobert that spanned the first quarter to the second quarter and dominated. The lineup last year was super interesting because they took 53% of their shots as threes. So they would come out, they would generally play fairly quickly and they would shoot a ton of threes. And we've talked about this a lot, but just in case you're new to locked on jazz, which is perfectly fine. We're here every day. We appreciate you coming on, tuning in. What the lineup was last year is the jazz are doing something interesting where Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert play almost entirely all their minutes together, and they play five minutes to start the game. Then they bridge like five minutes from the end of the first quarter through the second quarter, and then they play five or six minutes to close the quarter. And there's a, it's actually six, five, six anyway. And that grouping last year uh, in that bridge between the first and second quarter was plus fourteen point four points per 100 possessions. Their offense was a 122, which was in the 75th percentile. Their defense was in the 66. They it, it wasn't like they were out of this world in one thing or the other, but they were out of the world in shooting. They had an effective field goal percentage of 59%. And what they did is they shot threes at 53% of all of their shots were threes. Last year, we took 45% of our shots as threes. We're still taking 45% of our shots as threes. And the group took 53% of their shots as three. So they would play, they would play early. They would never shoot a mid range shot and they would shoot just a propensity of threes. And it just kind of flummoxed the other team and the jazz, they were great. So this year that grouping has actually been okay, even with Eric Pascal, but like you could feel it wasn't quite right. Um, and then when Trent Forrest played it certainly wasn't right and when Jared Butler played it wasn't right either so they've been kind of we've screwed with that a little bit in the name of trying to hold things but it's been really overall very good plus 17.3 with Eric Pascal um so really you know kind of just as good defensively very very good at a 97 uh defensive rating and they shot 56% of their shots as threes like it's the same model well, now Rudy Gay's into that mix. And so, first of all, it's a tough standard to match what Eric Pascal did. Because what Eric Pascal did, and that actually turned out to be very effective. If we look at the opening kind of two days of the Rudy Gay lineup, it's through the roof. It can't last, it's plus 60. Um, it has no chance of staying that good, but it's pretty fabulous, and it's taking 52% of their shots as threes. What's most interesting to me, and this has nothing to do with analytics, this is just the natural looking at the lineup, Mike Conley, you got to guard. Jordan Clarkson has the ball in his hands, forces you to guard him. Rudy Gobert is bending the defense at the rim, right, rolling. If you're going to help in any lineup there, you have to help off Rudy Gay or off Joe Ingles. Since they started playing that lineup, Joe Ingles, who's been kind of up and down this year, is 6 of 11 in that lineup, 4 of 9 from 3 in just 34 minutes. So the first thing that jumps out is 11 shots in 34 minutes for Joe Ingles is a lot. He takes 6 shots for 25 minutes during the, re- during the rest of the year. The second thing is that he's 4 of 9 from 3, 6 of 11 overall. He's taking 9 of his 11 is 3. He's getting open catch-and-shoot looks out of this group because he's the fifth guy to be guarded now in a lineup of rudy mike conley jordan clarkson rudy gay rudy gobert joe ingles is the last guy someone somebody guards that's who you're helping off it's pretty incredible last year you helped off george This year, you're helping off Joe Ingles. It's an upgrade. And George Yang was great. But Joe's simply, you know, one of the great shooters in the game. And so that group, I think, has got a really interesting chance to be outstanding. So let's keep an eye on it, and then also keep an eye on the amount of threes that group is taking. All right, let's go quickly. Trend Monday. So I follow through on one of the things I promised. Uh, the hottest team in the NBA is the Warriors. Number two is the Jazz. Number three is Phoenix. They were they have not lost. They're plus 13. Minnesota is the fourth. Blew out Memphis the other day. As I said, I think they might be good. Chicago's fifth. Boston is sixth. Al Horford's super. As long as Al Horford's playing, they're probably going to be good. Boston, Brooklyn is seventh. Miami is eighth. Charlotte, nine. Indiana's 10th. The bad teams in the league are no surprise. Houston, Orlando, Sacramento, the Lakers are the fourth worst team in the NBA over the last two weeks. New Orleans, San Antonio, and Toronto. We have New Orleans twice coming up here. The hottest offenses in the league, Utah is number one. Golden State, two. Atlanta has clicked in offensively after their struggles. Portland is four. They have figured out how to play offensively after Dame struggles. Minnesota is five. Brooklyn, six. Chicago, seven. Denver, eight. Toronto, nine. Teams that can't score right now, Houston, Cleveland, major injuries. Oklahoma City, play them Wednesday. Orlando, New York, worth noting. New Orleans, Sacramento, and Washington can't score right now, which makes it hard for them to sustain this run. Defensively, the number one team in the league is Phoenix by a lot, followed by Cleveland, incredible length. J.B. Bickerstaff has them defending. Charlotte, interesting for all the talk about offense, they're playing defense. Golden State, Clippers, Oklahoma City, the Jazz are 7th, Boston 8th, Washington 9. Teams that are not defending. Toronto is the worst defensive team in the NBA by a mile. Philadelphia, no Joel Embiid. Portland, no surprise. Wow, funny. Change coaches, same personnel, same result. Memphis, surprising, and we'll play them today. They're the worst defense in the league. They're also being very unlucky against three-point shooting. Orlando, the Lakers can't defend, and Denver, Sacramento and Atlanta. Interesting on Denver, Michael Porter Jr. could be out for the year, they're saying, with nerve damage on the back. And that we'll keep an eye on that. Uh because that obviously has huge impact on the West. The Clippers actually have been kind of in the middle of this pack, just being fine without Kawhi. Fifth best defensive team recently. So those are the recent trends. That is a look at our offense and our defense. That is the show today. Hope you're doing well. Tomorrow I will look at the defensive numbers. There's lots. I I had a five hour prep session yesterday of like just digging into every little thing about the jazz. It was super fun. And here it is. There it is. That's that's today's game notes. Oh, and then. Yeah. And then there's this. Here's an interesting little last little tidbit for you. We're number one in the league on off in offense after the other team makes their shot. We're sixth best after a miss and we're 12th after a turnover. We are 28th in the league defensively after we committed live ball turnover. That is a little teaser for tomorrow's defensive show. Have a great one. Thanks very much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Have a have a super day. Oh wait, one other thing before I end the show. Uh live 1 minute jazz previews now on TikTok, Snap and Instagram for you every day. So follow me at Dlock09. I think on all three of those is Dlock09. Um see ya.